Damo, you big sweet tooth. Yes, MP, you chocoholic. So naughty but nice, we're a hit at the Wellness Summit and I want more. Well, how does 20 recipes in their free ebook Heavenly Healthy Desserts sound, MP? Jeepers, Damo, I'm loving that. Or you can hop on down to their brand new cafe, Selection Cafe in South Melbourne and receive 10% off your favourite healthy desserts. Woohoo! To do so, go to sonaughtybutnice.com forward slash couch and fill in your details to receive your free ebook and discount voucher. That's www.sonaughtybutnice.com forward slash couch. So naughty but nice, delicious nutrition. Thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Welcome to another edition of 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. My name is Marcus Pierce, and I am here with the fabulous foodie himself. He's the co-founder of The Wellness Couch and The Wellness Guys. He's Dr. Damien Christoph. Hello there, brother Damo. Oh, hello, brother Marcus. Are you great? I'm great, mate. Awesome. Fantastic. Looking forward to eating some real food at our 2016 Greek Island Ikaria Longevity Retreat. Oh, those olives and the tomatoes and the goat and the... Red wine, can't wait. That's real food. Absolutely. That's real food. Let's That's what I'm it. talking about. No plain ten, flour there. Ten days in paradise. Damo and myself, a wonderful group of longevity legends. If you'd like to learn more about joining us, then please go to 100notout.com, 100notout.com. Check out all the details of this magical blue zone. We would love to have you join us Join us on this European adventure in 2016. Damo, I was at the airport yeah. uh, leaving... Melbourne for the Gold Coast after the Wellness Summit. You I sent went. me a photo. I sent you a photo. Mm. I went to Newslink and checked out the latest on the books on the bookshelf as I like to do. Yeah. And I saw a couple of new publications and one of them I was very curious about uh, called uh, Eat Real Food um, by David Gillespie. As you would, you would open the book, have a look inside, see what the real food in the book was. And the real food, uh, somewhat disconcertingly, was not real at all. There were ingredients including plain flour, dextrose, and a couple of other uh, ingredients that escaped me. But what what David's done in the book is he's put down the real food meal. Mm. Let's call it um, spaghetti bolognese. Puts down the real food ingredients, and then he would say, and then this is what you would buy in the supermarket, and then he would list the junk food alternative. So I like the premise. He's going, this is how we do it on real food, and this is what you're buying if you buy the non-real food version. Yeah. And so the premise was great. What I had a real challenge was, and I'd really love to talk about this with you today, and it's not personal in any stretch to David Gillespie. We love David. We've had him at the Wellness Summit. He's a ripping bloke. It is the message that I have issues with, and I want to ask you about this because there are some parts of that book which contain ingredients that aren't real food and it just opens us up to confusion Mm -hmm. so what are we going to do damien john well i'm frustrated marcus and i know i've got to write my book and i know i've got to get a book out and all that sort of stuff and i shouldn't just be slinging mud but it upsets me that people would use the term eat real food um and then put in their food that really is supporting an agenda now i you know as you know I, I like to say things how they are and uh, and call a spade a spade. Um, and, and I think actually Paul Bergamo from Backchat said that that was one of the things that he liked about my talk at the summit was that I actually just called it as it is. And I'm going to do exactly the same thing here. David Gillespie wrote a book called Sweet Poison, right? 
and he spoke yep, all about making sure that you took sugar out of your diet um, because sugar was poison and it would kill you, basically. And the inference was that anything that contained fructose, including fruit, was dangerous, bad, and you know unhealthful for you. That was what he inferred. Um, and what he did as a researcher, because he's a lawyer, um, and so as a researcher, he reads the literature. Um, I know you love to hear that. And uh, <laughs> well, that's what he said. He said that on television, I, all I do is read the literature. Um, I read the research. And so he did that. He collaborated. He worked out what would support his story. And he put together a program um, or a book called Sweet Poison, which then implied that all sugar was bad, except for dextrose, which is the one that he peddles. And I kind of go, all right, well, there's obviously some kind of misinformation there or maybe just an agenda or maybe you read a paper that says that dextrose is fine and it's you know, going to be all good for you or better for you than you know, sucrose or fructose or whatever else. But then to go and put into your next book the words eat real food and then use processed flour, white flour, wheat-based white flour in there with ignorance to... Um, the carbohydrate content of white flour and its effect on the body um, and how that actually then translates as a sugar, um, which is the very, very thing that he's dissed in the first place. And then to use a processed sugar known as dextrose and put that in there as a substitute and say that that's real, because I don't know where you find dextrose um, just available very easily other than just putting... So where does it come from? Does it come from any animals, Damien? You're not going to find it. It's not going to come from a bee's backside, is it? Like you're not going to find dextrose there and you're not going to find dextrose coming out of the juice of a sugarcane plant or from the juice of a coconut. You're not going to find dextrose in those sorts of environments. It's got to be a refined... It's a refined sugar to actually get to the point of dextrose. Otherwise, they'd call it fruit. They might call it banana or they might call it coconut juice. But we're talking dextrose. We're saying dextrose and plain flour... And straight up, plain as can be, neither of those foods are real foods. I don't care whether or not you're having, you know, pasta bought from the local pasta shop or pasta that you're making at home. The point of the matter is that plain flour is now no longer real food. The wheat itself would be the plain food, but we're, you know, trying to encourage people to eat well. So you wouldn't do that. Anyway, I'm frustrated with that because he's, he's bastardized. He's used a term that would imply that if you buy his book, you're actually going to be taught how to eat healthily um, and eat real food or jerf, which is the principle that Sean Croxton um, you know, came up with many years ago, jerfing, um, which many of us have you know, kind of attached ourselves to. I have. I know Nat Kringudis has. I know that Steph Lowe has. Um, even Cindy, you know, at one of her... She loves it. She we loves love it. We love the whole concept of Jeff. It's the best way to be is to eat real food. But to imply that that's what you're promoting in your book and you don't, uh, it really upsets me. And that's, that's the same thing that I spoke about at the summit with regards to, you know, that girl who said she had cancer but doesn't have cancer. And I don't want to mention her name because she doesn't deserve it. So, same thing. All right, so... I'm cross. It's not just. <laughs> All I'm going to say is that there's there's now, and uh, it was always coming, there's now a war in the wellness world because there are more and more books coming out trying to piggyback on this whole perspective of fear-mongering. So at this same, at this, on this same bookshelf was another book called The Gluten Lie, and this was done by Alan Levinovitz, who is uh, an associate professor of religion okay. in the States. And this is assistant professor of religion. 
uh, at James Madison University in the States. And this book is, uh, this is just based on a review. I'm just, gonna, I'm just reading this straight from Amazon, uh, the, the, the actual official review. A factually accurate and highly entertaining work provides an effective counter to the fear-mongering and false promises pervaded by sensationalists masquerading as scientists. Isn't that, and what, isn't that what this guy's doing? The, the premise, well, this is, this is where it's all just a little bit, can we just take a good hard look at ourselves, folks? Um, the premise is that we have all been scared into avoiding gluten, where I think we all just need to take a step back and go, well, hold on a minute. Do we all forget that gluten from 50 years ago is very different to the gluten from today? Or shall we say the wheat from 50 years ago is very different from the wheat for today? And I still refer people to the interview that was done with you and uh, William Davis on the Wellness Guys, who who we might say has an agenda to push because he wrote a book, but he comes. He's a cardiologist. He comes from a very science-focused, factual background. There was no. Um, it's really like there was no opinion put in there. It's actually just actually reporting results. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's if you want science, read the book. Um, but it seems now that it even seems now that the scientists, let's call William Davis in in terms of the science-focused people. It's even now that the scientists are now being put into the same bracket as sensationalists. And there's a war uh, almost like being consciously created by the media, maybe even by authors and the rest, mm-hmm. to, as we like to use the term, to polarise um, people so that they're really, in, in essence, even more confused than ever before. Mm. True. That's true. That's exactly what's happening. Um, part of the problem is is that health writers um, are almost positioning themselves as experts and Whilst it's good to like throw some things up and have some conversation around it, what's actually happening is there's a lot of muddying of the water around what would see what would be seen to be an expert. And these days, it seems with being insta famous or um, or having a, a massive Facebook following or or whatever else is going on, then you can you can pretty much position yourself wherever you, wherever you want to be, and that opens up for evangelism and um, and people following. Um, but I suppose the problem arises when there's agendas um, and when there's an agenda and there's misinformation you can easily use only what you choose to see and what you choose to find let's take case in point um, coconut oil um, yes. you, you can choose to only say what you find so there's hundreds of thousands of people out there right now saying coconut oil is the best oil to cook with because it contains medium chain triglycerides and it burns at a really high temperature you know because it's rote learned and that's what they read somewhere else and another evangelist said exactly the same thing but they haven't gone on to investigate or ask any further questions. And, and you would like to say factually incorrect, right? Factually incorrect. The same thing as what we just spoke about with dextrose and, and plain flour, both of those being factually incorrect when you link it to real food. What we're saying here is that you can use whatever you want to support whatever you're trying to push. However, the, the real truth, the truth is out there. Let's just say it that way. You know, people, people, if they really want to look hard enough, they'll find the truth. Now, this guy who's gone on to say the gluten deception, he's read one part of the story, but there's so much research that continues to come out about what the impact of gluten actually is. Maybe we don't have to be as scared of gluten as what many people actually are. Maybe because there are people that are living a long time, Mark, as you and I know this, because they're, they're the people yep. that we speak about. There's people who live a long time eating gluten, you yep. know. 
you just you got to look at some of the people that we've interviewed um, who eat gluten almost with every single meal, disguised in the form of a sausage or in a cake or a ca- or a muffin or toast or whatever it is that having they're just having gluten nonstop and they're living yeah. and they're doing all right. You know they get there. Um, what we have to understand is that there is definitely a genetic trigger from that, and that's being investigated and that's being spoke about. It's not deception. It's actually let's talk about it as an issue. But what I don't like people to say is that I don't like to hear mistruths. So I don't like to hear that fruit's bad for you, and I don't like to hear that. Um, oh, you know what? You know what I'm saying. Oh well, let's put it here. You're talking about the truth. This is this is essentially the blurb of this book, The Gluten Lie. It says gluten, sugar. Salt and fat. These are the villains of the, let's call it the standard Australian diet. This is the American diet. Or so a host of doctors and nutritionists would have you believe. But the science, it's always about the science. The science is far from settled and we are racing to eliminate wheat and corn syrup from our diets because we've been lied to. The truth is that almost all of us can put the buns back on our burgers and be just fine. Now, right. Well, it depends what you're measuring, right? Doesn't it? It depends what you're measuring. If you're measuring longevity, maybe that's true. If you're measuring health and well-being and outcomes associated with chronic disease, then it's pro- it's probably not true. So it depends on on what you're measuring. Yeah, what you're measuring. The Absolutely. Thing, the other thing is too that you know one size doesn't fit all. And we were speaking to Margie Smith earlier on today. Uh, Margie, who's going to be on our Gut Summit, MP. Mm-hmm. Um, we're talking to her today um, with the wellness guys. We, we we did an interview about her new book and. Um, and we'll speak about one size not fitting all because some people can handle high fat, some people can't handle high fat, some people can handle high carbohydrate, other people can't handle high carbohydrate. And we've spoken to Peter Diadamo about blood typing in the past, and that gives some kind of insight as to you know the variations of diet that could actually take place. So I think it's unwise for all of us to say, unless it's scientifically proven, of course, um, mm-hmm. that it's absolutely 100% true and correct that we should all 100% always avoid gluten. Every single person on the planet should always avoid gluten because it's going to kill us. Um, unless that's pr- there's proof to that, then we shouldn't probably say that. However, what we can actually say is that gluten does trigger the secretion of zonulin. And as a result of that, then you you know you set up the loosening of the tight junctions of the gastrointestinal tract, which then exposes the body to undigested food proteins and particles, which can mount an immune response, which may then result in an autoimmune disease, which is being investigated. That there is fair and true and real to be able to say, because that's what the research actually tells us. But for this bloke to go on and say that high fructose corn syrup, you know, eating gluten and, and wheat and all the other things that we're maybe telling people to be just slightly cautious of, to say that that's all just a, um, a lie, um, it, it reeks to me of industry sponsorship. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so this is, the, this is the thing I want to bring up with you, Damo, which is a follow-up from the summit, a follow-up from your comment about people that we've interviewed that have lived uh, well and uh, have had gluten um, for a long part of their life. I want to bring this up with you, and we spoke about it briefly. Yeah. We spoke about the summit around the microbiome and just around the, the strength, the robustness of the gut. Oh. And I would like I would like to just put out there, Damo, without yeah. using my science words, because you know how, how much I'm not into it, but I would like to hypothesize, Damo, yeah. that the people that we've interviewed, like Lavinia Petrie, who will go and run four and a half minute Ks and then go and have a cream puff, or <laughs> the people like Dexter Kruger, who would happily have a coffee at midnight and have you know cake and coffee two or three times a day, I would like to hypothesize that they were born uh, with very strong guts, that they actually weren't, um, they didn't have a number of the factors in their early years that a number of people uh, that are sensitive to gluten have uh, had in their early years. 
Yeah. Um, and that might go some way to suggest why they have been more robust and why they are living with a bit more quality, even though their diet, per se, might not be as clean as what you and I would say. Yeah, yeah, for sure, absolutely. And look, maybe maybe they also haven't had the genes that might have caught up with them. Because, you know, keep in mind that there are some... Template, there's templated information that's built into our DNA that tells our body how to behave given a certain environment. So maybe they didn't have the genes that would expose them to the diseases um, that could come off the back of having gluten. You know what I mean? So they may be um, in a space where it's actually totally safe and okay for them to do that. Um, what we are learning is that there is up to 200 different autoimmune diseases that could be um, directly related to the consumption of gluten. Um, through the perpetuation of leaky gut and so on and so forth, right? So it's that. That's definitely not a lie. That's that's definitely got all of the research and all the science behind it. So, um, Can we just put a little... Fo- yeah, sorry, go on. Yeah, that's right. No, you go. You go. I was going to say, can we put a little footnote on here, just a common sense footnote, and say that you and I are not 100% gluten-free human beings. That's it. And we are both okay with that. And I, look, I do try to um, to be gluten free wherever I can. So where I have the opportunity to make a choice that's gluten free, I will absolutely make that choice as gluten free. In fact, at home we cook gluten free, um, yep. and every now and then um, a croissant might make its way into our house, and we might eat a croissant. Um, and every now and then um, a, a beautiful, nice sourdough loaf of bread might find its way into our house, and we'll have a couple of slices of that with our soup. But it's not something that we eat every single day. So we're not getting consistent, continual exposure to it. So it's something that's not continually abusing our gastrointestinal system, like being abrasive, like swallowing you know, steel wool or something. We're not doing that. It's just we'll have it from time to time. And, and I think that is a safer approach. Yeah, and we don't... Yeah, so, we, so we're not saying that we subscribe to 100% off, unless you are extremely sensitive, I would say, and it massively impacts the quality of your life when uh, it does make its way into your system. Yes. But I also don't think it's wise for people to be saying the truth is that almost all of us can put the buns back on our burgers and be just fine because that's just such a broad sweeping statement. I mean, how many is almost? Is it 9 out of 10, 99 out of 100, 8 out of 10? Like for someone to read that book who's going on their path, I would imagine it's just going to create more questions than answers. Well, hopefully, or it's going to create validation for those people who are resisting changing, even though they know better. Mm. So, even though they know that the results of eating it is not, is, yeah, and they're actually ex- experiencing the symptoms or the results of eating it, and going, well, this book actually says it's okay, so it must be something else that's totally. causing these symptoms. Exactly. We just got to look at Paleo Pete and his uh, latest the current affair um, story. Uh, with Mike Willisey. Mike Willisey's, you know, ditched all the Coca-Cola that he's been drinking every single day. He's gone on a 10-week paleo program, you know, living the paleo way, according to Pete, and uh, was feeling better, but then went on to say, mm, I don't really know if I'm going to stick to it because I want to do X, Y, Z. So now all that Mike Willisey's got to do is just find something else to validate what he would prefer to be doing. And he'll go, oh, that's what I'll do now instead because it supports what my values are in the first place. So mm-hmm. it's, um, you know, it's been selective with that. Yeah. Okay, so so essentially we can just, I mean, really what I'd like to say to people is just, just take a step back and like, like we've been saying on this podcast, just get an idea of where people are coming from. And if you have the resilience, by all means, read the books, but don't 
for want of a better term, don't believe everything that you read. There has to be a fair degree of questioning. Skepticism. Healthy skepticism. Healthy skepticism. And I will say, and I'm not saying that uh, either of the authors that we've mentioned today are into junk book journalism or junk book authorship. But what I will say is that there is so much, and Damo and I talk about this a lot, there is so much junk book journalism out there, uh, and for want of a better term, lazy journalism, that we have to be more... um, we more have to be healthier skeptics than we've ever been in our entire lives in order to, as Damo was saying earlier, uh, get to our own personal truth. Yeah, we do, don't we? And yeah. I think that's actually okay. Um, the challenge is, is you know, who the, the, the squeaky wheel is going to get the attention and, you know, how do you sort through that sort of uh, loud noise? How do you talk get through you. that noise? Just talk to you. Just listen to the podcast. <laughs> listen to the podcast and get your answers. Yeah, you got to you know build up some kind of philosophy around your health and well-being. You know, and a lot of what we talk about MP is philosophical. Um, but what's interesting is that philosophy often leads the way of science, and so it's through a philosophy or a question um, that then you arrive at a scientific answer. But what can be scientifically proven today can be scientifically disproven tomorrow. That's what absolutely. To well, that's what I mean. Uh, the, uh, that's why we when we go to Ikaria demo, and we get ten days there, we're going to get the we're going to get a, a, the truest of truest insights. We, we've used that word a lot this year. The truth, this podcast, the truth. But we're going to get a true. We're going to see the truth of the food philosophy mm. of Ikaria, so that when people are there, my big thing is, and this is why I love people. We said earlier, how can people, you know, weave through the maze? Come to Ikaria, spend ten days with Damo, hear your wisdom on this, whilst we're actually drinking the wine or quite possibly demo mm. eating the bread oh, eating the bread I had a situation where someone who used to work for me got so nervous so nervous in fact scared that I was going to feed her something that she didn't want to eat that she made herself sick <gasps> as if I was going to do that in the first place but the fear around food um, can be a little bit crazy yeah so food philosophy is everything looking forward to seeing I mean because I think the Ikareans and Okinawans uh, probably do it better than any other culture in the country, uh, in, the, in the country, in the world. So um, yeah, that will be one way definitely to look at food philosophy. Damo, thanks again for your wisdom, great man, on this edition of One Hundred Not Out. On ya. We would love your feedback, folks. You can provide in any number of ways. The best is to go to the website, www.thewellnesscouch.com. Click on 100 Not Out. Fill out your comments there or send us a message on Facebook. Go to facebook.com forward slash 100 Not Out. That is all words. Remember, if you like this episode, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and check out all 16 podcasts at thewellnesscouch.com. You can view the entire range, including the number one show, The Wellness Guys. Until next week, as always, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.